What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, October 5th, 2017, and you guys are listening to episode 326. I uh, hope everybody is doing well. hope uh, everybody had a great time in between shows. A uh, lot of stuff to talk about on uh, 326. A uh, uh, ton of stuff, of, uh, of course, unfortunately, the... Uh, Horrible shooting that happened uh, in in one of my favorite cities of Las Vegas. Um, that's that's fucking brutal. Uh, I'm not gonna spend too much time on it, but uh, just just awful, awful stuff. Um, ton of stuff in sports. The Yankees making a big push in the playoffs, getting to the division series, which starts tonight against the Indians. Um, the Giants fucking stink, which I can't believe. Um, I mean, it's one thing you lose a couple of games out of the gate, but for them to be 0-4, that's brutal. Got a movie to share with you guys. Uh, my unacceptable, your guys unacceptable, and uh, just a bunch of stuff. So sit back and relax wherever you may be, in your car, at your cubicle, at your home office, or just hanging out with friends. Enjoy TVE episode 326 uh but first guys as always i have to shout out the sponsors the verzi effect podcast guys is sponsored by chassis chassis for men premium body powder for uh men man care down there that's right it is a powder for your balls and it is epic everybody please you have to check out Chassis and thank everybody who's been reaching out to me, guys. I'm telling you, every week, somebody says to me, like, hey, man, I uh, heard your, your ad for the Chassis uh, body powder, uh, and and I absolutely love it. So um, Chassis premium body powder has a special hydro shield technology uh, so that the powder provides all-day protection against uh, sweat, chafing, and odor. Uh, chassis also contains no talc, no aluminum, no parabens or menthol. Uh, it's just a unbelievably just, uh, ultra soft, amazing powder. Uh, one bottle guys can last you up to three or four months. Even if you use it every day, this is an amazing product and their shower primer is amazing. All their stuff. You guys have to check out chassis. Uh, you can get it at uh com. that's c h a s s i s okay chassisformen.com or get it at amazon but uh the product is crushing all over the place and uh i am happy to be a part of it so go get your bottle of chassis today like i said guys the ball game is over you have the the, the promise of the Verzi effect. Tell them that we sent you. Uh, also, guys, City Living Dog. Go to citylivingdog.com and uh, check out Coach Mike, one of the best dog trainers out there. You can check out all of his um, Facebook Live videos, his uh, YouTube channel, and just see all the amazing work that he does with these dogs and reach out. He can definitely help you. Some Verzi effect uh, listeners have reached out to uh, Mike. He's great. He's easy to work with. He's been doing this for a so long and um he can help 
He can help your dog or somebody uh, that has a dog that you know that needs help. So reach out to Coach Mike and City Living Dog. And, of course, All Things Comedy, guys. Go to All Things Comedy for your favorite podcasts, your favorite comedy albums, amazing content. They're doing new shows. And, um, yeah, they're what they're doing right now is amazing. They are the people that are starting to shoot specials, and I was the first one, which I'm very humbled and excited about. We, um, the, uh, without giving too much information, the special is almost edited and, um, it's looking great. I'm excited. So, uh, stay tuned for that. But, uh, all things comedy, uh, is doing great stuff and they're not just doing my special. They're going to be doing more down the road, but it was amazing to work with them and they put a great product out. You can check them out at allthingscomedy.com or follow them on Twitter at all things comedy. All right. Now, now. Let's get into the show, everybody. I am... Oh, and I want to thank... I have to thank Cigar International. The lovely people at Cigar International over there in Pennsylvania for sending me a package, congratulating me on my special, and they sent me some uh, uh, Romeo and Juliettas, and they sent me a cigar which I never heard of or had before called Five Vegas, and oh my God, was the Five Vegas good. I really loved it. Medium to full body, awesome, awesome torpedo, great, great cigar. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough. Um, please write to me and email me at unacceptables for uh, for uh, TVE at gmail.com. And please let me know exactly who sent it, what fan it is, and all that stuff. I'd love to um, just hear from you, you know, write back to you and all that stuff. So thank you very, very much. Uh, okay, let's just get, get, uh, talk about this, uh, talk about this awful shooting that happened. Uh, like I said, I'm going to make it quick. I, you know, it happened a few days ago. I don't want to, you know, keep bringing it up cause it's all over fucking social media. You can't get away from it. Um, but the fucked up part about this is now all these new details, which always happens. You notice that it always happens. And here's the funny thing. The media does this funny thing that I noticed, which drives me nuts. And I'm a fucking, I can't stand the fucking media because let's be honest, as much as there's some honorable, good, you know, journalists and and good media people out there, it's also just a fucking sleaze fest to, to get shit out there and to, you know, have, have stuff to talk about. And, you know, they, they love when, you know, they love when it's not boring because when it's boring, it's not good for them. They love fucking chaos. They love this shit. But they do something that drives me nuts. And what it is, is when you listen to these things, it's always, they have a shooter's name. They know if he's dead or alive. Uh, they they know all this stuff. They know what floor it was on. They know all this stuff. They're, all this stuff. And, and they get all that out really quick. But then when people start to question what really happened, it's, well, you know, those things are unfolding now. Those things are unfolding now. So it's like, so how about you stop giving us so much fucking information, okay? How about you just say that there was a shooter, we think it was from this floor, all right, there, blah, 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 the window's blown out, but we're gonna, you know, it's still developing. Because it's always like so much stuff that happens so quick. Now you're hearing, which I want to know, which I'm curious about, Okay, and by the way, thoughts and prayers to everybody, you know, involved in that, uh, all the people that survived, of course, uh, just horrifying thoughts and prayers to 
everybody uh, and their families that, that lost their lives uh, that day when they're just trying to enjoy themselves on a fucking concert. Absolute nightmare. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I don't even know what to say or think. That's just absolutely fucking terrible. All right. Um, but now things are coming out that there's actually photos of a shooter that was at the concert on the ground. There's an actual picture. I'm not making this up. I'm not trying to make this up. I'm not trying to make a conspiracy theory up. I'm not. I saw a picture, okay? I'm trying to think that this was a one-person thing and the whole thing, but now you see a picture of a gunman down there. They have it. Look it up. Uh, there's also flashes from a room on the fourth floor that they see there. So now it's like, okay, how come I'm not hearing that? You know, there, I mean, at least, at least do your job and say there's speculation of this. People saw this. People saw shots from here. And, and instead, you know, it's just like, oh, this is what it is. And they don't report on this stuff. I just find it so weird. Every time a news thing comes out, the conspiracy theory or something else that could have happened comes out after. Now, I know what you're thinking. Probably, well, you know what? It's a conspiracy theory. They're not sure. Okay, then, but if they're not sure, you gave me so much other information. So so what if this guy wasn't alone or anything like that? I want to find out what the fuck happened. And, and it, it's just bullshit. You know, it's bullshit. Look at the pictures and ask questions and see what really fucking happened. Because uh, I think that there's more to this, and I don't, I didn't want to think that until I saw some pictures, and I was just like, Jesus. And regardless, none of that matters, other than the fact that those people grieving are incredibly, you know, horrified and in shock and lost loved ones, and that's really the the people that are gone and all that stuff. That's that's just, you know, like I said, that's so awful, and and it's, you know, this is happening way too much. And it's, it just sucks, you know, but, um, yeah, man, there's always more stuff and it just annoys me. It just, as soon as I hear it, I just get mad at the media, you know? Um, and then you also hear other things. You hear things politically that you don't know if are, are fucking true, you know, that you just, you, that, that make you ask questions, but you never know, you know, you had people had to put up something saying that this guy was walking around the Women's March after fucking Trump got elected with like a pussy hat on and a pink shirt and all this stuff. And then he's doing this to fucking, you know, and, you know, it's just like, what? I'll find out. Like, this is the thing. Like, you don't know the guy's motivation. The guy's a fucking accountant. The guy's a fucking accountant who brought up a fucking, a militia 30 fucking stories up to the, to the 32nd floor. He brought up a fucking militia and he's a fucking accountant. And that all they know is this guy's stupid fucking face? It's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. The media in this country reports what they want to report. It's fucking ups- It's one of the most ridiculous things ever. And we just take it. I can't, I honestly, I don't fucking understand it. It's, it's so selective. It's the same shit that they teach us. You ever notice that? Like, they teach you the shit that they want to teach you. Think about that. Think about what, you know... The curriculum, right? The curriculum is what is chosen from, and it goes from the state. Like, it's, it's like what they want to teach you. Nobody thinks for them fucking selves anymore. It's an absolutely nuts. Nobody thinks for themselves. And it's, it's actually, you know, here's the crazy thing. I think smart people who are aware of this still get caught up in it. You ever do that shit where you're just like, 
I'm not watching this shit. And then you start watching it. And you're like, well, if that happened, that's bullshit. And you're like, you don't know if that fucking happened. So, I'll say this. Uh, and I'm going to leave it at this. I feel that um, anytime something horrible like this happens. Because there's certain things. Like, there's times where you're like, all right, look, dude. Some psychopath went into a place and started shooting up or something like that. Uh, and that's what it is, and they find out what it is, and the person was either mad, angry, you know, a fucking depressed kid at school, does something like that. Something like this, it's like you you know that more is going to come out, or slowly, or and it's just, you know. And we are the ignorant public, and that's what we are looked at as. There's no way that the, they, they don't think, think that. Um, all the politicians, all the media, they look at us as a... You know, just a big fucking herd of sheep. Just a big fucking, just we're all sheep. And there's some who are smarter and there's some who aren't. But at the same time, we're just all walking in the same fucking direction. And they know that. And they tell us what they want to tell us. And they know we'll believe what they tell us. And uh, uh, the older I get and the more I start to see things and read between the lines, I need to see a lot more fucking information of what's going on. And I don't believe or trust anybody, especially when it comes to the fucking media in this country. I think it's a fucking disgrace. Uh, But my heart goes out to everybody that um, suffered during this. And of course, the people that lost their lives, their families, but also the hundreds of people that got... That were just there, I mean, traumatized, fucking, you know, injured, all that stuff. People, I'm sure, um, if they weren't hit with any of those bullets, they were, you know, getting trampled on and shit. So, it's just awful. It's awful and this shit happens far too much. And here's the other thing. I said something on Facebook and that's why I'm so done with so many fucking people. I really am. Even with sports, you can't say anything. I honestly, and you know what, maybe I should know better. Maybe I should know better because I have you know, the, almost the max amount of friends on Facebook, whatever it is, the, the 5,000. And, uh, you know, people like to be a part, I realize that people like to be a part of what a comedian says. People like to be a part. So it's their fucking way of getting involved in something that I'm saying, because I'm a comedian and I'm a comedian. I'm on my way up in the business and I could say something. So then some fucking average fucking nobody who just sees that. And I know I'm not saying that to sound arrogant. I'm not, that's what it is. That's really what it is. What it is sometimes is, oh, I'm fired up today, people. I'm pissed. I'm sure you could hear that I'm pissed a little bit. I'll, don't worry. It'll calm down. It'll get funny. It'll get funny. I hope. Maybe not. I'm pissed. But every little fucking thing you say on Facebook, every little thing you try to say. I said something about the Yankees and there are all of these people that want to be a part of my fucking Facebook post. I even said something. I said everything I say on Facebook now, I can't say anything. Because I get a flood. Now, granted, I'll get hundreds of likes. I'll get, uh, you know, 20 or 30 comments. But there's always, and that are positive, but there's always one to three assholes that got to play devil's advocate, that got to do the whole, well, hmm. And I said that before, nothing is worse than when somebody starts off when they don't agree with you with hmm or like H-M-M-M-M. Really? I thought it would have been this, but I guess you know better. Those motherfuckers should be fucking beaten. 
Okay? I cannot stand it. I can't fucking stand. You can't say anything. You can't make a statement. Guys, I'm going to be done with Facebook instead of just booking my shows. All I'm going to do is book my shows and show a picture here or there. The people that I fucking love, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And that's why people aren't going to see pictures of my fucking kids. Nobody's going to be tagged into my shit because it's getting to the point where somebody always has to say something. And you know what it is? It's that unhappy fucking asshole. It's that person that's extra loud at a party or wants to be the fucking, you know, the voice of the par- the, the life of the party when they're just not. They're just not. You know what? Some people have it and some people don't. Shut the fuck up. If you don't like what I said, okay, you don't have to go at go at it in such a way on Facebook that then starts making my fans, because I have the best fans in the world, the Verzi Effect fans, but I got fans that then go at the people that go at me. So I'll post something and then I'll see, you know, then I got to almost try to call off my dogs because... They'll just go, yeah, well, actually, he didn't mean it that way, asshole. Because people understand me. People know that. It's just, I mean, I can't even, I can sit here and read. I mean, I said something about the Yankees. I said these are the most exciting Yankees. And somebody just will go on and be like, well, actually, you know, I think they overachieved. I, I, you know, it was a good year. I get it. Like how you're a fan. If you like it, it's a good year. But in reality, I didn't think that. It's like, asshole. All I said, dickhead. All I said, you fucking mentally challenged dick face. All I said was, this, these Yankees are more exciting than the Yankees of, of many years. Like, this is the most exciting Yankees in years. That's it. That's it. That's all I said. It's, it's a low payroll, okay? We have a very low payroll because we dumped a bunch of money from fucking superstars that were aging that we didn't need anymore. Brian Cashman, who does a fucking phenomenal job as a general manager of the Yankees since 1997, absolutely crushes it. He brought up all these young kids from the farm, knew that the Yankees had probably one of the best farm systems in baseball. These kids came up, fucking seven of them are starting to pan out, which is unheard of. We have a potential eight, nine all-stars. The Yankees just won a playoff game. Okay, all this shit. And and somebody's like, well, actually, you know, they overachieved. Nobody would have thought. Whether they overachieved or not. Whether nobody would have thought or not. That's the point. That's the that's the point, asshole. That's the that's what we live in right now. We live in a time where there's a, you could see this is the problem with social media. This is what it did. It gave all of these fucking nobodies. These fucking nobody. Yes, there are nobodies. Understand that people. Understand what I'm saying right now. As much as you think you I don't give a fuck what kind of job you have, okay? There's fucking smarter, better people in this world and there's fucking dumber, lower people. There are. That's why your parents like some of you is better, okay? If you have fucking six, seven, eight people and uh, kids, okay? Your parents fucking like some of you better because they knew some were stronger. They knew some were fucking weaker. That's what it is. That's what it is. Period. In this world, you are fucking either, you know, you're, you're either sharp or you're not. You're either this, you're either, it is what it is, okay? There are people that can play football and there are people that could trip over chewing fucking gum. It's just what it is. And, and, and social media gives these fucking dumber, you know, people who have no, nothing, no other platform in life, okay? If it wasn't for social media, if it wasn't for a blog or a post, They'd be fucking staring at their wall. Lord knows, you know, some of them socially stink. You know? So, so all this stuff, you get a platform. You get to say whatever you want to say. Well, I actually think he did. Nobody cares what you think. Because you're arguing, you're arguing a statement. You're not even arguing an opinion or a fact. I didn't try to make an opinion or a fact. 
I just made, I, I, actually, yeah, an opinion. I, I gave my opinion of the Yankees. I said, these are the most exciting Yankees in years. So I did. I gave my opinion. That's not a fact. So so why are you trying to argue it? You you know, if you want to say so, it's, it's almost like you're trying to argue for the sake of fucking arguing. I cannot stand people like that. I cannot stand people like that. Commenters. Because they, because they think they're important. They're fucking unhappy. You ever notice that? You ever notice? Look at the person's Facebook page who fucking makes comments. Look at what they got going on. Oh, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Now, granted, I opened the door to some of this shit whenever I tried to talk. Um, and I would make fun of the left and the right politically. And I knew that that was when I had to stop. Because when you're somebody like me who's uh, independent and sees everything on both sides, when you do make a statement, whatever statement that may happen to be, skews to one side and then people get upset. So if I say something and it may come across a little more, let's say, something that you think somebody who is a Democrat would say, all the right people come after me. And then when I talk about how you know, liberals would drive me nuts with the shit that they do. Then all of a sudden they start going and I realize, okay, Paul, you know what? This is on you. This has nothing to do with anybody else. You're trying to make a point. You're not going to win. It's a crazy time politically. People are stupid. The majority of people are stupid. I'm sure the majority of people on my Facebook are stupid. Um, and what it is, is you're not going to win. So I decided a long time ago, I'm going to, I'm done. And I told you guys, I'm done with Facebook posts about politics. I'm done. I even talk about it in my special. I'm done, right? Here's the problem. I thought something as simple and as innocent as talking, uh, you know, about sports. I thought that that would be easy. No, it's not. Really, Paul? Did you see his stats from fucking 2013? What happened? And it's like, oh my God, really? So now I'm like, all right, people just want to be a part of, of statuses. And, and, you know, and when they see a ton of people, you know, that I have 5,000 friends, almost maxed out friends. These people have like fucking a hundred and something friends. And, you know, they might've known me or know of me. And they're like, they want to get involved in a discussion with me. So I'm fucking done with that shit too, because I can't even have fun and say something on Facebook. So I'm just going to fucking seriously, I am going to enjoy Facebook by doing one thing. Making sure the people that I love are doing okay and checking out their pictures and posting my fucking shows. That's it. Because with people, you just can't. I've never seen anything like it. I said something about this Vegas thing. I said, listen, I'm all for somebody having guns. So you're fucking right as an American. You want to have a gun, have a gun. All I said was, I don't think an accountant (laughs) should have fucking 10 semi-automatic weapons. I just made a comment like that. I didn't say he doesn't have a right to. I just said a fucking accountant. What's he doing with that many things? That's what I said. And the people that care. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll lose that right too. How convenient. And I'm like, you know what? I just had to. I just can't. I, I can't even. You can't even say anything. You can't say anything logical. Think about what I'm saying right now. Okay. Just think about this. Try to be logical about this. Okay. And think about it. And I know you guys can because you guys are. You guys listen to the show, and I know most of you people have listened for a long time, so you kind of, I feel like at this point, I've weeded out people that aren't fucking logical or people that don't fucking think. Think about this for a second. Oh, and I know I'm angry. You're getting an angry Paul Verzi today. And I have no reason to be. I'm in a great mood. I was in a great mood until I started doing this podcast, but I'm in a great mood. I'm flying to Florida tonight. 
I'm going to the Patriots-Buccaneers game. Then tomorrow I am performing with Joe Bartnick and Bill Burr at a beautiful theater in St. Petersburg, Florida for a couple shows. Um, I'm going to be in Florida this weekend. And next weekend, me and my beautiful, lovely wife, Stacy, who um, who had just went through, you know, she had just had some issues uh, with her with a nerve or something in her teeth or whatever. It's a long fucking story. Anyway, I'm just glad my wife is okay and my wife is happy and my wife is healthy. And we're going to go to um, Hawaii next week, Waikiki, at the uh, Hilton Village Waikiki, which is in- fucking insane. So I have no reason to... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be happy here. I am. But think about what I said. I said it, and it's my fault. I shouldn't have said it on Facebook. You know, it was too soon and everything like that. All I said was, I'm all for people having guns, but a fucking accountant shouldn't have 10 semi-automatic weapons. That's it. That's it. And that could mean for that day. That could mean for that moment. I mean, I'm not saying the guy can't collect guns and have them in his house, but a guy walking around Vegas and bringing fucking a, a militia up to his room. There's something wrong with that. And somebody, and, and people just went nuts. People just went nuts. Well, yeah, we're really going to do, and, and like, and then my people had to jump in and go, dude, what are you doing? Like, what are you, like, you know, and and and, and kind of defend what I was saying. I'm like, you know what? You can't even say anything. You can't even say anything. You can't even, you can't even joke. The people's agenda, that's why, exactly why this country is so divided. Because nobody wants to talk to anybody anymore. Nobody wants to sit and talk to anybody anymore. I have family members I can't talk to. I've seen it. I can't talk to them because they're lefty or they're righty, and you just can't. It's no matter what. And it, it's a sign that they're not as intelligent. It's really what it is. They're not because they don't think for themselves. When you have somebody that you fucking want to talk to and they're supposed to love you and you're supposed to love them and you're supposed to... Uh, enjoy their company and they're going to enjoy your company when you can't even have a discussion with that person because it's so one-sided then you know it's just you know what what's going on and, and that's that's really kind of you know in a nutshell what's happening in the country because nobody wants to talk to anybody anymore nobody wants to try to try to see somebody's point of view nobody wants to because no no that's not true no no where are you getting that from where are you getting that from no that's not true that as soon as it turns into that then you're like all right you're not listening to me you're not understanding you obviously think that I'm some kind of awful person and that we're just going to fucking enjoy this cheese at this party and not talk about it so that's the problem and uh, until people can actually start to fucking grow up and sit down and talk instead of listening to everything and everybody's so scared. Everybody's so fucking... That's the other thing. That's the other thing that drives me nuts. Everybody's so... What are you afraid? Everyone's so scared. It's like, oh, yeah, we, we could, I don't know. It's, uh, World War Three. Really? World War Three's coming? Really? Really? World War Three's coming. You think World War Three's coming? I mean, think about that. You don't think the fucking leaders of the other country know the ramifications of what World War III would be? This is why one guy in office that you don't fucking like that's a fucking petty, narcissistic sociopath, that, okay, which is fine, I'll give you that, but what, is going to start World War III? I mean, it's just like, what, think about what you're saying. Are you that bored? Do you, do you not have any, do you, is, is that little going on in your life? 
And I'll be honest with you, this whole North Korean thing, we would fuck them up. <laughs> That's the funny. We would fuck North Korea up. <laughs> you know, whatever. We would. I'm telling you right now. I've I've talked to people, and in my business, I'm fortunate enough to fucking be with. I, I told you guys, I I actually performed in front of the guy that flies fucking Marine One, the green helicopter that lands on the lawn. All right. I've seen what the fucking, what is it, the the F-18 Hornet could do. I, I've seen shit that this country has, and I'm just a fucking comedian. Dude, we would f- annihilate. We would annihilate North Korea. You know, China's another story. China's got a lot of, you know, that that's a different story. But, uh, <laughs> but as far as like, North Korea, and I honestly, I just think there's just shit talking going on. I just think all this shit is just a bunch of bullshit. And, uh, you know, I'm not worried right now. And and I'm not worried because, I've uh, you know, I don't think, it doesn't seem like there's anything to be worried about except of just a bunch of talking. Um, now, if a missile's on its way, I'll be like, all right, fuck, you know, maybe some shit's a little more serious. But I I, I don't worry about things that, I can't really, you know, control. Like, whatever's going to happen, I guess is going to happen. Like, what am I going to do? I fucking tell dick jokes at night. What am I going to do? I'm going to love my family. I'm going to love the people close to me. And I'm going to enjoy my life while I'm here. That's it. That's all you can do. That's all you can do instead of fucking sitting on Facebook arguing logical, legitimate points. But that's what, you know, that's what it is. It, uh, that's the unfortunate thing about social media. As cool as it is, you get to see the you get to see the not so pretty side. You know, President Obama came out and said that social media and the internet has failed us, and uh, that's why Mark Zuckerberg. You know, he actually went at Facebook, and he said the negative things that are on Facebook are fa- have failed us, and 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 it's and he's absolutely fucking a thousand percent right. He's a thousand percent right. And that's why Mark Zuckerberg was fucking apologizing and saying sorry and stuff like that. But President Obama, you know, and good for him. Good on him for saying that because he's a hundred percent right. He said, he said he's fucking negative and it's bad. You know, and uh, and he's right. He's absolutely right. All right, let's turn this thing around. What do we got? 30 minutes. Let's turn this puppy around. And... Uh, and talk about something positive. I made an amazing decision, everybody. I got out of the Android. No more Samsung. No more Android. Oh, it feels good. I am back. I am back. It's like I got back in a relationship that I should have never left. I was with iPhone for seven years. Left it to go to Android for what? Almost two years. Worst decision I ever made. The phone stunk. It sucked. It was, oh, well, it's like the best best camera for a phone in the world. Yeah, I'm not a photographer. I don't give a shit, all right? Now I got a double camera on my new iPhone. I got the best iPhone you could get right now. And this thing is the shit. It's got two cameras, uh, which makes up for the other camera, I guess. But I bought the most memory that you could get. And uh, it's already just so much more user-friendly. It's back. I'm, I'm excited. I could FaceTime my family now again instead of having to not do it on the other one. 
And I love how they make excuses when you're like, oh, you can't face... No, nah, but you can Skype. Yeah, anybody could Skype. Anybody could Skype. What do you... <laughs> Was it a laptop? Yeah, I know. No shit, I could Skype. I want to do something with my handheld device. Can I do that? No, then say no. Just be like, no, don't try to make it better. When somebody tries to sell something, they try to make it better. No, you can't FaceTime with your family, which is completely quicker and way more convenient. No, what you could do is uh, you could log in to a computer. I'm gonna get a, you know, what am I going to go downstairs of a hotel? Give me a fucking break. So I got the iPhone back. It's awesome. Uh, I got the big screen. I'll be watching movies on my way to Hawaii. And um, it was a great decision. It was a great decision. Another thing going on. Oh, see, I'm going to get mad again. I just looked at I just looked at my unacceptable, and I'm going to get mad again. And this time, I'm going to get mad at women. Oh, Jesus. It's it's a rough one, guys. It's a rough one. <laughs> uh, my dog, Lloyd. My dog, Lloyd, is starting to really come around. My wife is loving him, and she was the one that was fucking done with him. He is calmer. He is not jumping. He's around people and kids more. He's he's just something happened. Something clicked. He's doing great. And uh, he's insanely smart. He's listening to everything. Uh, he'll get his little, you know, energy spurts, which is normal. And sometimes you see the wolf want to come out when he opens his mouth and he starts to go. But he's smart enough and getting older enough now to know, like, what's acceptable or not behavior. So... If you're about to give up on a dog out there, which my wife was, um, you know, and and I don't get me wrong, I'm not blaming her, rightfully so. He was acting up, and he would especially act up when I went on the road. He would jump on the kids, and like he was just when I was gone, he, uh, you know, because I'm the one that kind of I'm home during the day because I work at night. So when my you know wife is out, my kids are out at school and everything like that. My wife's working, and I'm waiting to go to work at night. It's just me and Lloyd. And I, you know, I'll take Lloyd out for a walk or I'll, I'll play fetch with him outside and just hanging with him. And then all of a sudden I leave and now he just doesn't have anybody to play during the day. So he acts up when everybody gets home and that shit is calmed down. So don't give up on your dog. Um, all right, now I'm going to get mad again and do my unacceptable because I didn't realize we're 33 minutes in. I just basically opened the show by saying how much I hate people and how people are stupid, um, which I stand by. I wholeheartedly stand by. Okay, guys, my daughter had to have a procedure done on her, uh, she had to have just a a minor surgery thing she had to have, okay, and um, it was just something, it was like a a buildup of cells, uh, like a little bump on her lip, a buildup of cells or whatever, and they, she was too young to get it cleaned out or removed uh, because she's so little, but now she was old enough and, and we were able to do it. Long story short, everything went fine. My daughter's fine. Everything's great. She's back at school. Everything's great. Thank God. But when she got the procedure done, my wife went in with her and I waited in the waiting room. It was fucking six o'clock. We have to leave the house at like five forty. Yeah. Five forty in the morning we had to leave the house. Which is very early. And um you know, so we're uh, sitting in the weight room exhausted. My son, you know, he's exhausted. And Sophie goes in and my wife doesn't, <laughs> my wife didn't tell her what we were there for. My wife says, like, oh, we're going to the doctor checkup. Meanwhile, it's like dark out 530 in the morning, you know. And um, 
my wife goes in with her and they do the procedure, you know, they gave her whatever, they do the procedure to, you know, they didn't sedate her, sedate, they just gave her something to relax her and then they, they, they do the procedure and my wife is in there and it's fine. So then my wife comes out and, you know, she comes out a little upset or whatever because, you know, she's, you know, she's the mom and she's, I mean, my wife cried when my son, you know, when my son got on the bus for the first time to go to kindergarten. You thought he was going to fucking Afghanistan. So she's crying a little bit. I said, well, she's like, no, you know, and she, we were all tired. And then they said the nurse was going to come out and say when it's all done and we could go back there. So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And my wife goes, maybe I'll just go back there first. Which I was anno- already fucking annoyed with because that's like, you know, I guess... I guess because she went in there with my daughter. So I'm like, well, you know, I uh, I want to see her. You know, oh, I'm going to get mad. I'm going to go, well, I want to see her too. You know, like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to go in there. That's my daughter. So she's like, all right, well, I don't know. I think they said it's easier to, to whatever. Just have one person go and then ease into it. And I'm just, I'm already fucking annoyed. You know, I'm already fucking annoyed. So I just keep my mouth shut. And finally the woman comes into the thing and she goes, okay, she's ready. It's weird. Look, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a dick here. Weird looking nurse. Like, I didn't know if this was a fucking, you know, it was overly skinny. I don't know if it was a fucking dude with a ponytail, weird looking fucking nurse. And, uh, (laughs) she comes in and she goes, okay, she, she could see. And we all get up, me, my son and my wife get up and start walking. And then she, she opens the door and we're ready to go in. Then my wife has to say, and this fucking annoyed me too, but this isn't my unacceptable because I get it. She was probably going by what she heard at first. So whatever. And my wife didn't annoy me here. Just the fact that like they put her in a position to say this is really fucking annoying. She goes, is it, is it, are you sure it's okay if all of us go? And we start going and I see this fucking nurse start thinking. And then the nurse goes, you know what? It might be better if just one person goes. So maybe mom, you could go in or something first, and then you guys come out. So now me and my son got to go and sit back down, and I'm like, this is fucking, really? Really, why? Is my daughter going to fucking, you know, start coming too, and then look at us and, and get upset? It's like, give me a fucking break. It's such a bullshit thing, and I really started to get like, I really started to just be like, you know, what? I wanted to look at the nurse and be like, it's my fucking daughter, you know? So then I started thinking about all horrible things to say to her, I started thinking about, you know, yeah, I just wanted to go with feminists. I swear to God, I just lost it there. I'm thinking, and I'm like, you know what, whatever. I'm just going to let it, I'm just going to calm down. You got to calm down. <laughs> which, which is no reason to even, has nothing to do with feminists. I just basically was like, oh, fuck dad, right? Yeah, fuck dad. Fuck dad. You know? No, yeah, what is, no. What does dad do? So we're sitting in there and now it's festering in my head. And I go, you know something, this is bullshit. Oh, she goes, I'll come out and get you when it's time. Now time goes by and she doesn't come out. So I literally, another nurse comes out for a, a, another patient. She came out, she's like, yeah, is Gary so-and-so here? And I just get up with my son and I go, yeah, I'm here to see my daughter. She's, you know, they, they said somebody would come in. Oh, she goes, oh yeah, sure. And then me and my son walk in and the doctor and that fucking weird nurse are in there. And, my, and, and they go, oh yeah, hey. So it's like, yeah, were you going to come back and tell me or, or what? Or, oh, I was just going to, or maybe that's what she said. Oh, I was just going to come and get you. It's like, no, you fucking weren't. No, you weren't. 
If I fucking am walking there to see my daughter after she just had a procedure, you don't say, oh, it might be better if one person goes in. Get the fuck out of here. We're not in a hospital. We're in a fucking doctor's office. It's fucking unacceptable. It is. It's unacceptable. It was bullshit. It was. It was, it was some like, oh, God, it put me in a bad mood. And then I start going in the car on the way out. And my wife goes, you know, I'm like, no, it's unacceptable. She goes, well, then do it on a podcast. I'm like, fine, then I will do it on a podcast. That's bullshit. I want to go and see my daughter, okay? Plus, my son is sitting there getting restless. He wants to see his sister. And then it was like three minutes. It was such bullshit. It was such cunty bullshit is what it was unacceptable. And I just got up and walked in. Fuck that. That's what I'm doing from now on. There's no rules. When I go to a hospital and it's my kids, I don't have rules. Okay? Other people have rules. The mother and the father don't have rules. Okay? Relatives, whatever. We'll tell you what the fuck you're going to do. We'll, t- we'll tell you what, what they said you're going to do. Oh, people. Why? I am angry. I am angry today. I know some of you people love. Some people love when I when I do an angry podcast. I'm not even trying to do it. It just annoyed the shit out of me. It's my daughter. Yeah, maybe I'll come and get. And they never came to get me. Never came to get me. So then I just walked through. And then when I walked through, everybody smiled. I'm like, yeah, why don't you come? Yeah, why not? I was trying to come. I was trying to come and see my daughter, but I was told not to. Not to mention the nurse's fucking nose was running, which is disgusting. Okay, this chick looked like a fucking drug addict. I'm not even kidding. She's all skinny and fucked up looking. You know, she had a ponytail. I don't know if it was a fucking dude and her nose was running. You're telling me I'm not going to see my daughter? Why don't you go to the bathroom, clean yourself up, and get a fucking presentable nurse out here? You fucking mess. Jesus. I got to have, of all people, I got to have you tell me. At least, at least at least have a nurse that's, you know, that's not malnourished tell me what to do. At least have a nurse that comes that has a little strength and her nose isn't running. How about that? How about you lock this one in a closet until she gets her shit together and you get somebody out here, then tell me that you're going to come and, and get me in five minutes and I can't see my daughter. Then, then I could accept it a little more. Oh, baby. All right. Let's get to your guys on, let's get to your guys on acceptable. All right. Here we go. Oh, here we, <laughs> shit. Oh, my God. Let's see. Let's see what this is. Uh, I'm a moron. Unacceptable. Ryan. Hey, Paul. For some reason, I decided to guzzle three small bottles of drinkable yogurt uh, just before a job interview today. I left my current job and had to scramble to get uh, to the other office because I knew traffic would suck around that time. On my way there, I decided uh, to down said yogurts en route because I didn't have a chance to sit down and enjoy lunch today. Uh, Most of my lunch break was taken up by calling and setting up appointments with the dentist, eye doctor, etc. because I've put those things off for a while and realized I need to do all this stuff before the year is over. Anyway, I avoid milk at all costs nowadays because it absolutely tears me apart uh, the day after. Just like spicy food. I can't enjoy a bowl of ice cream unless I'm off the next day. Cheese doesn't really do anything to me. And these uh, drinkable yogurts never had any bad effect on me until now. For those who may wonder, yes, I did check the expiration dates and they weren't expired yet. I uh, I I got through the interview just fine. But prior to the meeting, the managers... uh, uh, they thought 
did run through my head. Okay. Meeting the managers. The thought ran through my head. Will I pay for this as I have, uh, uh, as I'm having a sit down with them? The interview went well and it was time to head home. Home isn't far from where the interview was, but the traffic is pretty bad in that area. Uh, there are no shortcuts or alternatives. As I'm sitting at the stop and go traffic, I feel witch's brew bubbling inside me. Oh boy. Uh, I can hear the gurgling. I know something evil is inside of me and wants to be free. I get close to home without any incident, although I drove uh, in an asshole clenched type of position. I assume the evil within me was simmering down, so I go to buy a six-pack of beer uh, from the store near my place. As I'm waiting in line with the people in front of me with a million items and a new cashier who's being trained by the manager, it starts up again. What the fuck? Uh, I contemplate dropping the six-pack and getting out of there, but since I'm a stubborn fuck, I hold off. I haven't had any beer in a few days, and it was a rough day at work. I realize that makes me sound like an alcoholic, but whatever. I just want to go home and relax for a little bit. I contemplate farting in line, but a voice in my head says, don't do that unless you want to end up like Kelly Meyer with shit running down your legs. I tap my foot anxiously as I wait uh, to get ringed up. I walk out of there frantically because now it's like a bottle of champagne ready to explode. I start sweating. Oh, that's the worst to sweat. I had that on vacation where you actually start to sweat. Uh, I hop in, <laughs> I hop in my truck and head home. I pull into my driveway. Now it feels like somebody's been punching me repeatedly. Uh, I frantically search for my house keys. I grab all my shit out of the truck because I know once the apocalypse comes, once the apocalypse comes, uh, I won't want to go back outside. Like a fucking madman, I dash to the door, unlock two locks, and take off the alarm. Jesus, what neighborhood do you live in? <laughs> it sounds fucking dangerous. Uh, naturally, I have to wrestle my keys out of the top lock while screaming in anger. I drop everything in the living room and run for the bathroom. I actually took all my clothes off, minus my boxers, while heading uh, for the throne just in case. When I finally get there, uh, I was literally seconds away from shitting myself. Seconds. As in, before I even planted my dumbass on the toilet seat, I knew that uh, the dam had broken and a flood was about to take place. Uh, it was coming out midair. Fortunately, all of the, uh, all the vile evilness ended up in the bowl as opposed to making the bathroom look like a murder scene. There's a positive in all this, I suppose. This story isn't as good as Kelly Myers' uh, <laughs> eloquent bedroom bow stories. But honestly, after I cleared up, I looked at myself in the mirror and said out loud, you fucking idiot of an animal. Why the fuck would you do that? Seconds later, I had to sit down for round two. But as I type this, everything is back to normal now, I think. Lock me in a cage without, to without a toilet after you've guzzled ice cream and yogurt. Throw some spicy food in there for good measure. Leave me in a fetal position, <laughs> breathing in pain, breathing in pain since I can't seem to learn my lesson and love to suffer. Absolutely unacceptable of me. P.S. Have you ever had a time before you felt trouble brewing before hitting the stage to perform? Uh, 
Uh, well, thank you for that. And yeah, man, I'm lactose intolerant, so I, I can't fuck with those things either that you were eating. Um, and thank you for the submission. As far as did I ever have an issue? Yeah, one time I did where I was in Cleveland, I believe, and I had some sort of virus going through me. And I was like, and my stomach was killing me. And I was like, dude, you can't go on stage like this. Like, you know, because sometimes, like, God forbid I laugh or I walk and something happens. Like, I'm not, one thing I have not done in all the years I've been doing stand-up is shit myself on stage. And I don't plan on doing it ever. So I ran to the bathroom, like, moments before I got on stage. And, uh, yeah, I remember just unleashing hell. And then, um... And then right when I was done, I walked into the showroom and like I got my name announced to come on stage. So I just made it. So I went to the bathroom right before I walked on stage. And I remember when I was done, I went to the bathroom after just to make sure I'd be good for the night. But yeah, it's definitely scary. Definitely scary. Um, here we go. Going for the gold. This is from Adrian. Uh, hey, Paul, I've written him before regarding my mother-in-law and I wanted to write with... Uh, Yet another unacceptable. It's like she's going for gold in the TVE unacceptable stories. So here it is. Okay, let's do it. My mother-in-law moved out of our house and into her own apartment, which is about five, ten minutes away from us. So she's close. Okay. Since she has left, she has not stopped by to visit with her grandchildren, which she asked if she could do from time to time. She has not even texted her own daughter to see how she's doing, and that's my wife, so that's a little unacceptable in itself, but there's a real unacceptable act that made me have to write in. My mother-in-law still has a key to the house, which we didn't ask to get back when she left because that's just bad taste, right? She's family. Anyway, we finally saw her at a family get-together where she made my wife just, uh, where she and my wife discussed a bench that she had left at the house, and my wife asked if she could, if she still wanted the bench. My mother-in-law said yes. She still wanted uh, to the bench and would text before swinging by to pick it up. Well, guess what? She didn't text my wife. She didn't text me. She shows up at the house and uses her key to enter without hesitation. Now I know you. Now I know I must sound like a total asshole, right? right now because she is family, Paul, but she didn't even try to knock or ring the doorbell. Am I making a bigger deal of this than it is, or am I right by feeling that a person who doesn't pay bills at a residence um, should always announce a visit? I must have had a look on my face that said, why didn't you knock? But she started saying that she was knocking for a bit uh, and rang the doorbell. Of course, I didn't ask any questions. Hold on a second. Of course, I didn't ask any questions because I didn't want to make it seem like she was welcome, uh, like she wasn't welcome. But I have dogs that bark uh, if they hear a neighbor slam the door two blocks down, and I have cameras around the house. She didn't knock. She didn't ring the doorbell. She lied to my face. Uh, to all the people who lie and think they won't be called out be just because the people they lie to are kind are kind-hearted, unacceptable. Lock them up somewhere, anywhere just not in my house. I'm planning to go to Burr's live podcast in Phoenix. Uh, let your TVE listeners know if you're making it for sure because I wanted to pick uh, pick your brain while you're here. 
on a few uh, things related to comedy if you get a chance. Thanks for the free podcast, Paul, and keep up the good work. Thanks, Adrian. So thank you, Adrian, so much. I will be in Phoenix for the uh, festival, and uh, I don't know if I'm doing a live TVE out there, but I'll be doing some comedy shows, and I'll definitely be a guest on some podcasts out there, but I'm only going to be able to be out there for the first couple of days of the festival because then i got to get back and uh, have some dates in New York. Um, As far as what you said... Yeah, that's a tricky one because I don't know your relationship with your mother-in-law. Um, I yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess lying to you is the big problem. So I guess this is what I'll say. This is what I got from it. For her to mention that she was knocking for a while and rang the bell, and you knowing it's not true, she kind of knew it was intrusive, and 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 she didn't do that. So she basically addressed something that was not true. Uh, because she probably knew that her actions weren't really, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with knocking on a door and then, you know, I mean, well, I never even heard of somebody just like, I don't know, maybe it's just me. My mother would never show up here without letting me know because she lives however farther. So, you know, if my mother wanted to come over my house, I mean, I don't care if my mother just came here, but my mother would never, my mother would never come here. I, I don't feel like my mother-in-law has ever just shown up here, and I don't, I feel like, this is what I think, too, I think because of the distance, you know, because my family lives a little further away, so obviously people want to make sure somebody's home, so I never experienced what you went through, I think since your mother-in-law is five minutes away, and so close, and she still has a key, she probably just, you know, whatever, but um, lying to you, lying to you is definitely not cool, you know, and, 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 you know, it seems like you gave her a look like, why didn't you knock? And then she just lied to you. Uh, you don't like your mother-in-law, Adrian. <laughs> I, think, I think it's safe to say you're not fully on board. Because uh, <laughs> if you really liked her, you'd be like, ah, yeah, fucking jump through the window for all I give a shit. What do I get? You come here with a SWAT team and break the window. We'll replace the window. I love you. Get in here. You're kind of, you kind of like, you know, stay the fuck away from <laughs> Thank you for the submission. Um, oh, my buddy Brian. Brian Plum, what's up? What's up? Brian uh, says, Paul, hope all is well. I had to take a driver's safety course in the worst part of Boston, and I had to deal with first ballot Hall of Fame animals. I got seated next to a dude with a neck tattoo and a long red ponytail. I tried to make awkward small talk, and I was like, uh, what do you do? He says, point blank, I was selling drugs with a suspended license. I stared straight ahead, asking myself what happened for me to get here. The best part comes when another person turns to me totally randomly and just says, uh, you know, heroin isn't that bad. He treated it like overcooked steak instead. Put them in a cage together and me in a separate cage for even being there. See you when you come to Massachusetts. Oh, Brian, what's up, kid? I hope you're doing good. Brian Plum's funny comic from from Boston, the Boston area, and uh, that's a great one. Heroin's not that bad. What are you? What are you in here for? I sell drugs, no license. You know, I mean, listen to me right now. I think it's safe to say, and I'm not trying to be a dick here. If you have a neck tattoo, it's safe to say you're probably not doing great 
financially if it's legal. You know, like it's hard to do good financially with a neck tattoo unless you're just, you know, an entrepreneur who has your own company, has his own company, his or her company, and they crushed it and then they got the neck tattoo. You know, but I don't think you can have a neck tattoo broke and then gain a ton of money in a regular job <laughs> if if you're not selling dope. You know, I, again, I know there's entrepreneurs, you start your own shit, you do all that. So maybe you got a friend who owns a company, but a neck tattoo is a hard, hard thing to overcome. It, it really is. A neck tattoo just says like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a carpenter, <laughs> which can make good money. So I'm not trying to shit on a carpenter. I shouldn't even have said carpenter. Should have said like, uh, yeah, I don't even know. Well, let's be honest though. You know, don't judge a book by its cover. I'm going to fuck. Listen, if you got a neck tattoo, some judgment, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to see that. Like if you saw somebody with like 20 piercings on their face, is the person a dick if they judge him? Am I a dick if I see you with two nose rings, eyebrow piercings, 20 earrings in each ear? You got your chin pierced. You got one of those things where you got like people like pierce their cheeks. If I see your face and you know, if you look like the Terminator because you got so much metal in your head and I judge you, come on. Thank you for the submission though, Brian. It's hilarious. I could just, and I know you, so just picture in your face is hilarious. All right, real quick one. Another Ryan. This is Ryan Jordan. Here we go. Okay. Uh, Levi's boss. Hey, Paul, it sounds to me that Levi works in a, in the TV show, The Office, and his boss just wants to be his friend. Oh, this is from when Levi said that his boss keeps showing up. Yeah, the unacceptable is that Levi doesn't want to be friends with his boss, but that's okay. I hate my boss who calls me buddy after I called him out in front of everybody. Ah, oh, so right back, Levi. We have a follow-up on your uh, unacceptable. Does your boss want to be friends with you? No, maybe your boss is gay and he likes you, or you just hate your boss. Let's let's get a let's get a a, a follow up with that. Uh, and good listening from Ryan. All right, fifty seven minutes in. I'm gonna stop the unacceptables there. We're good. If you guys have unacceptables, please send them to uh, unacceptables for tve at gmail dot com. Uh, I know that this podcast has been a little negative. I know I got upset with women for making me sit in the fucking waiting room when my daughter when I wanted to see my daughter. I know I got mad at a lot of people on social media, called them stupid people. I know I got mad at the, uh, you know, the media in this country. So it, it didn't, it, it has not been a pleasant, um, hopefully it's been entertaining. Hopefully I've had some pockets of funny in there for you. Uh, if I did come across just as angry, I'm sorry. It's just, it's one of those, listen, not every show is going to be all, you know, great stories and fun. I get mad sometimes, people. But you know what? You guys give me the opportunity for therapy. This is an opportunity for me. Now when I walk away from this, I'm going to feel good. Go to the airport today. You know, maybe have a drink. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm going to feel good, though. I feel good. But now we're going to turn it around to positive stuff. We're going to talk sports. Oh, no, we're not. The Giants are. The Giants suck because the Giants are 0-4. And you know what? They're killing my prediction. Last year, my prediction was off by a game. This year, they haven't won. So I take full responsibility for being 100% wrong with my Giants prediction. But I would have thought a team 
whose defense stayed intact and were one of the best defenses in the league last year, would do better. I would have thought that adding a big piece on offense uh, would do better. And I would have thought that experience of the regular season last year, going 11-5, and five, making the playoffs, having a coach now in his second year after making the playoffs, would do better. But no. No. Why would they? No, let's not tackle with our fucking arms. How about that? Let's. Do you see this shit? Janoris Jenkins, Landon Collins, these guys who were great, all-pro D-backs, are letting people bounce. They were tackling the way a, the way a child tackles. They didn't even wrap up with their arms. They bumped the, they bumped their shoulder pad into another professional athlete's running back's thigh and let them run through them. It's ridiculous. No tackling. Awful. Absolutely awful. I just, I mean, lost by another field goal, 0-4. The Giants fucking stink. I could go Sunday to the game, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be, actually, I'm gonna be away too, but. I wouldn't go. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. Win a game. Now, I'll say this. I don't think it's over. I don't think it's over. I think the season's over if they lose Sunday. I think if they win Sunday and could, like, you know, maybe peel off, maybe, like, win three of the next four and then see what happens and try to get to 500 and try to see, you know, I think there's a, I think they're, I think they're barely breathing, but I think they're breathing. If they lose Sunday, they're dead. It's over. It's over. Just a dead carcass side of the road if they lose on Sunday. Which I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to win. Now, let's get to the New York Yankees, everybody. These young Yankees are awesome. Last night's game was incredible. Shout out to my neighbor, Jeff. My my boy, uh, Jeff Bain, came over last night, put a movie theater screen in the backyard. We got the projection up. We made pulled pork. We had some sides. We had a fire going in the backyard. The playoff game was up. The kids were running around having a good time. Smoking some cigars. Drinking some bourbon. Watching some baseball. Yankees go down. 3 nothing. Severino gets taken out of the game after he, gave, he only uh, got one out. Chad Green comes in the game. Locks it down. We get up to the plate next inning, and we end up uh, Didi Gregorius with the three, uh, three, two-run shot, um, or three-run shot to tie the game, and now it's three-three. And then it was just back and forth until we blew it open. Awesome game. The Yankees are now in the divisional playoff series against the Cleveland Indians, which starts tonight. Who knows what happens? But these guys have exceeded expectations. They were supposed to be where they are now this year, next year. So they were already ahead of the game. Uh, awesome to be a Yankee fan. Again, there's no $200 million bullshit. I haven't heard anything with steroids. Baseball's coming back, and I'm glad it's at a time when my team is young and good. My kid is into it. My son loves it. I'm excited. Um, cautiously excited, obviously, about this next series, but it is amazing to have this happen. Sports are good. Basketball's coming back. Um, it's about to be a great time in sports. You're going to have college football. You're going to have uh, NFL football. You're going to have uh, NBA coming up. You're going to have hockey coming up. You're going to have baseball playoffs. This is a great time. Everything is starting to happen in sports, so uh, the fall is the best. 
uh, movies, guys. Speaking of sports, I saw something that I think everybody who has Netflix or a smart TV should see. I shit you not. This was awesome. There's a show on Netflix right now. It's a new show. It's trending now. It's a, it's a documentary, and it's called uh, Long Shot. Uh, all seriousness, I got the chills. I got the chills. I'm gonna. This is a spoiler alert, so if you want to listen, you can listen. You could actually still watch it. So it's only 40 minutes long. It's not a long thing at all. It's not a fucking series. It's not a two-hour thing. 40 minutes gets you in and out of the whole story. I got chills from the top of my head to my friggin' feet. Uh, Started to almost tear up at the end. One of the most incredible things that... uh, One of the most incredible stories that I've ever heard. It's one of the most extraordinary, uh, cool stories ever. So basically... And it has to do with baseball, but it's also incredibly scary what happened, and it's incredibly scary about the legal system uh, and what could happen and how fucking shitty and corrupt cops are. So, this guy named uh, Juan Catalan, he was um, he was at a baseball game. He went to a Dodger game. Uh, May 12th, 2003. Okay. And what happened was there, I guess, his brother and some people got into some trouble and had to get a court date. And the uh, there was a young girl who testified, a 16-year-old girl who testified and was cooperating with police to kind of get whoever in trouble. And this guy happened to just be in the court watching. He wasn't, I guess he was there because his brother was involved in something. Uh, but, you know, he so he just went there and they, this girl testified and then they leave. Um, sure enough, sure enough, um, that 16-year-old girl got murdered. She got murdered outside of her house. And they drew a sketch to see who did it. Uh, and the sketch looked like this kid Juan. He uh, had a mustache, short hair, or everything like that. And they just looked at the description. I guess they looked at who might have been in the courtroom or they looked whatever they asked and they just grabbed this kid and he like, was working with his dad in a factory or something and the, the truck is there when he gets there and they take him, they throw him on the ground they arrest him. His dad's watching everything, and he's looking at his dad, and he takes him takes him away, and now he's just gone. And, and then you could hear the interrogation, and they're like, you killed this girl. And he's like, you guys are making a mistake. I did not kill this girl. I did not kill this girl. What are you doing? And um, again, spoiler alert. You could watch it. If you don't want to listen to this, you could just fast forward, whatever. But uh, it's called. It's on Netflix now. It's called Long Shot. But I'm gonna finish telling you because it was that great that I want to talk about it and, and get you guys that, that aren't gonna see it at least get you the story. So he, you hear him, and they're like, "Well, look, look at the description. It looks just like you. That's what I think. I think it was you." He's like, "No, dude. You guys are making a. You guys are making the worst mistake of your life. I'm not. I didn't do anything. I didn't kill anybody. I would never kill anybody." You know, well, you know, look at the description. It looks pretty much like you. I think you're lying. I think you're trying to make, you know, the cops are being really fucking dicks and all this stuff. And it, and, and it was really, really kind of crazy. So he remembered 
this guy Juan remembered seeing that show hard copy on TV and he saw that this lawyer guy got somebody off of something and uh, they contacted this guy and the guy showed up to meet with him and the guy was like, I don't know. He goes, there was just something about him that I knew I, I believed him and I knew that he didn't do this, but I needed to get off. And, and he said, I knew I needed to, to get to work. And um, he was like asking where he was, where he was. And his girlfriend says, well, wait a minute. Isn't that the day that you went to the Dodger game? Isn't that the, the day that you went to the Dodger game? I'm getting the chills right now. I'm getting the, I just got the chills as I say this because this is going to get way better. So they start looking and they start looking and the guy goes, well, we need tickets. We need to find the tickets. So they're looking and they're looking and they find the tickets. And he sees that there were two tickets and he said that he took his young daughter to the Dodger game. And they have proof of the date, but they nobody can prove that. I mean, he was there. They could be anybody's tickets. And they were season tickets to somebody else that he just got. So they can't prove it. So now the lawyer contacts the Dodgers and he says, I need footage from everything, everything that every angle I need. I need your in-house footage. I need footage of whatever the network, whether it was Fox or whatever. I need that footage and I need... So they're going through and they're going through and they're looking for camera angles by the seats. By the seats. And they're, they're trying to find it. And all of a sudden, they see him. They see him and his daughter. And you could see that he's got the Dodger thing on and you could kind of see that it's him, but it's blurry. And it's not good enough. So they're looking and they're looking around. And... Uh, they're trying to find more stuff, and they can't really find more stuff. And um, all of a sudden, he remembers something. This is the craziest thing ever. He remembers that there was a camera crew there that day. There was a camera crew there. And they were doing something, and there were restrictions going down certain aisles of this ballpark. So they look into it, and they're looking at the Dodger Stadium log. And sure enough, they see that there was a camera crew shooting a television show there that day. And they just had a couple of restrictions. They were actually going to shoot at the ball game live, at a real ball game. And it was HBO. And then all of a sudden, while you're watching it, you just see the silhouette of somebody that looked like Larry David. And sure enough, it was. Curb Your Enthusiasm decided to shoot an episode at this game in the same aisle where this kid was sitting. But they were told that nobody could go in and out because Larry David was going to walk up and down and he was doing this thing where he was like telling the other character that his seat sucked and he wanted to sit near him. And the guy's like, no, no. And he's walking up and down. And Juan and his daughter, Juan remembered that they said to him, he said, I don't know, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, Everybody was told that during this shot, nobody could walk down or up. Nobody could walk down or up. Because Larry David's going to get up, walk in, wave, and then just walk past everybody. And he said, for some reason, they just stopped me and said no, and then looked at me and my daughter and go, okay, go, you could go, go ahead. And I swear to God, he just see him. He walks down, and they actually showed the real footage of this. And it was like, not for the show either. It was like not rolling and they walk in and you see him and his daughter and they just froze it. And you could see that it's him. And uh, 
Larry David even talked in the documentary going, it's, he goes, to this day I talk about how, but here, here's the thing. It wasn't over then. Because although they can prove that he was there, the murder took place at 10.43 p.m. And they only had him at, they only had him at 10.12. So he was at his seat. They could prove he was at his seat at 10.12. But the prosecutor, this fucking lady who wanted him bad, was like, uh, no, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. He could, it means nothing. He could have left. You know, we, you have him there then. He could have literally just left and went to do it, blah, blah, blah. So right when he thought he was out and he was crying, he said he like dropped the phone when they found footage of him and his little girl there. Um, and, and they were like, all right, well, did you use anything with a credit card? And he bought like ice cream and he bought stuff, but he used cash and he bought these Dodger baseball cards for his daughter. But he used cash, so they couldn't do that. So they said, what about cell phone records? And luckily, there was a cell phone tower a mile away, and he called his girlfriend when it was over or when he was coming home, and it picked it up, and they have it. And he got exonerated. They got him out. They got him fucking out. They went to the judge. The judge said she listened to the tape of the interrogation over and over. She said she was so interested in this that she even would say to her kids, does this sound like a guilty man to you? And during her talking, he said, his lawyer leaned over and said, it's over, you're going to be done. And the lawyer said, you know, they, 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 they cleared it out and he got out. And this guy was in maximum, maximum security prison for a little while, not too long. Um, and then the police that interrogated him to try to make him guilty, they confessed that they used certain questioning tactics to make him sound like he could have did something. They admitted it. One guy got removed. Another guy got demoted. The piece of shit guy who was saying, well, no, it looks like you. He was crying. He fucking admitted it. And then they found the gang members, four gang members confessed to killing that 16-year-old girl. So all because this guy went to a Dodger game and Curb Your Enthusiasm was being filmed there and Larry David happened to be in that section shooting live, this guy got away, got away and, uh, and would have been, got, got free. And he, he got his name cleaned, cleared. Otherwise, he would have, uh, they were talking death penalty. So there you have it. That was Long Shot. You can watch it. It's amazing. It's only 40 minutes, but it's mind-blowing. And uh, I hope I, I hope you enjoyed that because if you don't watch it, at least you got to hear that. So um, there you go. As far as plugs, I will be at the uh, All Things Comedy Festival in Phoenix at the end of October. You can look at dates on my website, which are being added. I will be in Poughkeepsie at Laugh It Up Comedy Club in Poughkeepsie October 28th. And I'll be looking nice and tan because I'll be back from Hawaii. So... Uh, there you go, guys. For more stuff, you could check out my website, paulverzi.com. Please check out Chassis, chassisformen.com, or uh, get it on Amazon. Check out uh, City Living Dog and Coach Mike. He's helped out my dog. And allthingscomedy.com for your favorite podcast, albums, content. Uh, there you go, guys. This has been uh, episode 326. I am out of here. Take care.